On this episode of Low Earth Orbit, we talk about the comic series, Why the Last Man? Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 14. I'm Justin Voss. I'm Steve Marmon. I'm Scott Stevenson. And on this episode, we're talking about the comic book series, Why the Last Man? This is kind of an older series. Uh, first came out in 2002. And uh, the writing is by Brian K. Vaughn, who has also written for Lost and a few other TV shows. And the artwork seems to be mostly by, uh, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, Pia Guerra and Jose Marzan Jr. Um, and this is one of my favorite series. It was one of the uh, comic book series that really got me into comics. I wasn't really into comics until I read this. Um, and so I think it's pretty cool that we're going to talk about it on the show. So... Uh, anyone who doesn't know the premise, um, the basic gist of the series is that um, there is an event that happens, and basically every uh, male animal, including humans, on the planet is killed within the space of probably about an hour, and except for one man, his name is Yorick, who lives in New York with his pet monkey, Ampersand, and so he basically is trying to sort through this new world that he lives in and try to meet up with his girlfriend in Australia and all of the stuff that ensues from there. Um, so anyway, I would love to uh, hear what you guys have to think. Scott, what was your reaction to the series? Uh, so I'll, I'll just say I've kind of occasionally read comic books on and off, and I've pretty much always read the, what they say, like Cape and Cowl, you know, the, the actual superhero stuff, uh, other than we, we both looked at um, Tale of Sand. Mm-hmm. It's the other thing that's not really all that superhero-y. So this is a little bit different than the thing I would I would typically read. And I'm, I think Steve and I are both into book two of the trades right now. Is that right? I'm a little bit further, but basically. Yeah, I just finished book two. And it's, there's what, 10 total? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, it's interesting. It, it's, it starts pretty slow and it starts to pick up. And I think ultimately what I'd say is so far, at least, it's not necessarily the type of thing that I'm super into. So I'd, I'd stop short of like a hard, hard recommendation um, because it's, it's, it is pretty slow but that said, I'm still interested in continuing to read because it's I'm kind of like involved, vested in the story now. I think the main thing that's a little bit tricky for me is that, at least so far, there's been no big plot twists or anything like that. And I kind of find the characters, I haven't been able to relate to any of them yet. So I, I feel like very much like an outsider. Like I haven't been able to identify somebody like, yeah, they're, they're saying things that I would say. Um, so, you know, I have, I don't know. I mean, I'm interested. I'm going to keep reading it. And there's hints of something really awesome that's going to happen, but so far I haven't I haven't found my hook yet. So I haven't I haven't really gone full bore into it yet. But it's good. I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. Cool, Steve. What did you think? Um, yeah, like Scott, I'm not a like a heavy comic book reader. Uh, in fact, I haven't also haven't really read any since since I was a kid. My, my brother uh, had a huge collection of sort of the classic Superman and Batman you know, comic books, and I was never really into that. I'm not, not really a big fan of superhero stuff in general. So as a result, I kind of avoided comic books overall. This is the first one that I have read in a long time. So the experience for me has been partially just, you know, learning to learn the comic book tropes and how they're structured and stuff. And partially like experiencing the story. And I didn't expect to like it per se. You know, like I sort of, I read the first book and then, which I bought, I bought kind of on, I bought uh, digitally and I was kind of glad I bought digitally because then I immediately bought the second book <laughs> and read read that. So I, I'm sort of I'm sort of hooked, but sort of in that like later season lost way. In that like you know sometimes in the middle the story kind of drags a little bit, but they have the best cliffhangers. I'm so like, oh, what's gonna happen next? Yeah. You know, like this, these great like amazing you know you know finales to each of the books that really kind of hook you in and bring you to the next, make you buy the next one. 
And so, and I'm, I'll probably read all of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, for me, it's a little bit odd in that it feels like a, a story that's very interesting to me, trapped in a medium that I still don't particularly like. Like, I find the, the visual style, the art, to be, I, don't, I, just don't, I don't like it. It looks like kind of like a cheesy, like, 90s era Disney-like kind of, like, look to the characters. Like, they're, like, overly chiseled features on the guys. They're, like, you know, these, like, kind of almost, like, cartoonishly improbably probable good looks or exaggerations of good looks, you know? Um, and like Scott said, I don't really relate to the characters like the like also like lost in some ways, the main, like, you know, the, the plot clips along at a good pace. Mm-hmm. At least I, I thought it did anyway. But as, but as a plot device to get the plot, the plot to move along, the characters do lots of really stupid things. <laughs> so I'm always wanting to like strangle the main character, you know, because he's always has these incredibly idiotic things and manages to survive and probably one after another, like all these things that should basically get him killed. Right. But he manages to, you know, manages to, you know, a somehow survive and it moves the plot ahead, you know, and so. I mean, lots of series do this, you know. Um, I, I sort of dislike it. I mean, like The Walking Dead is another, you know, TV series that is, that is sort of infamous for using, you know, sort of character, stupid character decisions to go and, and move the plot forward and, and sort of add, add sort of excitement. Also based on a comic. Yeah. Um, so, but even so, like, I, I watch all of Lost and I'll probably read all of this because, you know, you know, the story, like, the overall story is still compelling. And at the end, like, at the end of every single one, I'm, I have to buy the next one because I yeah. want to know what's going to continue. I think it's my same experience. The, the one real quick thing is, so when you said trapped in a medium you don't like, you don't necessarily mean comic books. You mean this art style, right? Because there's a wide range of art styles. Yeah, well, yeah like, I mean, like, I love, like, I guess the one, I, mean, I don't know if, you know, if this was really qualifies as comics, because it's not like superhero comics, but like, I mean, Calvin and Hobbes, it's more like Sunday comics, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I like the visual style of that, you know, and, and or, you know, I just didn't dislike it, you know, and so I, I can imagine a really beautiful version of this. And actually, I sort of like, and maybe we can talk about this more. I kind of like the style of the like the covers and like or like the I don't know there's like these inserts yeah. that are in between the different books. So, I don't know so, what, so what the right term for it is yeah. So what's happening there is that we're we're seeing the trades and when you see those paintings, the, the hand painted really like meticulous paintings, those are usually the covers for the individual issues. Yeah. So okay. when you see the trade, you're you're seeing the breaks where they would where you would typically on a newsstand pick up just the, the freestanding one. The reason you don't see it all the time is it just takes too damn long to paint those. So that yeah. you're you're seeing most of the time you're seeing the sort of cheaper. In terms of production time, hand drawn and hand colored stuff rather than the painted stuff. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, and so like and they're to me to, to me anyway, surprisingly different. Like the characters don't look like. I mean, I kind of guess the characters on the the covers are the same because like obviously they put the main character on the cover. Yeah, but he doesn't look at all the same to me. Which like is different hair I, colors, like not nearly the crazy chiseled cheekbones he has and the in, in the actual panels. And, and I think it's often because it's not the same artist. Yeah, that's well, that's one thing. And the other thing is they're sort but, of like why, why wouldn't they even try to make it look similar? Uh, well, it's it's hard, <laughs> is what it comes down to. It's really hard to to draw on somebody else's style. Uh, but the other thing is that it's it's also kind of a trope of this kind of comic book, which is that some of the fun is seeing what somebody else's interpretation is of yeah. the art style. It's like somebody know. else's glimpse or like interpretation of those characters, yeah. you know. Which is it's it's sort of it's a nice surprise or kind of a you know a palette cleanser that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when you're seeing in the drawn stuff, not the hand painted stuff, but when you're seeing the transition mm-hmm. between the different drawn styles, it's because literally they just have a different artist. And when you're drawing hundreds of panels, it, it's too hard to sort of mimic somebody else's style for that duration of time because you need time to adapt so it's, it's just a practicality of the production thing but but i'm really curious we've we've prevented justin from saying what he thinks so far <laughs> so i'm really curious you know what the details are clearly you like it because you're recommending it but yeah and actually it's been a long time since i've read any of it um and I, I was meaning to reread it for the review and actually kind of ran out of time so i didn't get a chance to to go back through it but um no i i, I really enjoyed this i i think that you know i avoided comics 
Like I said, this is one of the series that got me into them. I avoided them because I wasn't into the, you know, so-called cape and cowl sort of like classic X-Men or Superman or Batman. I was like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, I do like the superhero movies that have come out recently. Like the, mm-hmm. recent, the recent Iron Mans and the recent Batmans and the Avengers movies. I thought were all really entertaining. But uh, I just, yeah, the sci-fi aspect to this I thought was super cool. And um, the plot was was really interesting. Um, I don't think I had gotten into Lost by the time I started reading Why the Last Man. But there's definitely, you know, some similarities, I guess, in the way that it's sort of structured. Especially since, you know, Vaughn has written for both. Mm-hmm. Like, that makes sense. Um, but no, I thought they, were, thought they were really good. And the series, I've read the whole series from from start to finish. And as a whole, I just think it is really good. And by the time you get to the final, the final issue, it gets like really profound. And like the final issue is really, really good. Like I'm excited that you guys want to continue reading the series because I would love to hear how you react to the very, very end of the series because I think it's got some really, really good stuff. So, and I think I've, I've got some comments about the actual story content that we should probably do after the the spoiler after break. Spoilers break. Um, but I, I'm interested in your insight on that. Yeah. So. Um, the art style. I mean, I. I like it, um, but it is, it is I, I of... have heard the the complaint that it's a bit plain and that it's sort of uh, – I don't remember who said this. It was some somebody whose job it is to review comics. And basically they said that the artwork in here is basically generic comic book, mm-hmm. you know, rubber stamp sort of artwork. I, it doesn't bother me. Um, I think it's fine. I think it conveys, you know, all the things that um, – and I, I don't think it ever detracted from the story. Uh, it's definitely not in sort of like the who's it Frank Miller that does like three hundred. Mm-hmm. He has a very like distinct art style that mm-hmm. he does, which is cool. Um, but I don't know. I kind of liked the straightforwardness of the art, and it, you know, I don't know. It was it helped me see sort of the movie in my head, you know, of like how it's all playing out. And just to be clear, that there it is a decade old now, and there's been changes in that since. So it and it is it of the time. Uh, you, you see it's, more. It's probably true. You yeah. see more. At least personally, I've seen more stylized, more flourishes. Well, when did three hundred come out? I don't know. See, I think 300 is actually older than oh, yeah, yeah. My Last Man yeah. by a good, good margin. But just, just taking out, like, I mean, aside from the, the particular visual treatment, like, I personally didn't feel like it being a comic book really, in, in any way, to me, aided in the story. So would you have enjoyed it as much if it were a novel? Yeah. In fact, well, I would have been less distracted by the fact that I, didn't, I disliked the, the actual particular artistic style, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe it wouldn't work. I don't know. I, I'd be curious what you guys' sort of you know, opinions are. Or if you ask someone who's read the whole thing, whether you think it, could, it could, would be as effective as a novel, or if the fact that it's a comic book format adds something to the story. Um, I feel like it adds something. I mean, I think it would be very different. I think it would be lacking something if there wasn't art. I think they would have to pretty much, you, well, I don't know. I guess it depends on exactly we're comparing against hypothetical, like, yeah, exactly. you know, <laughs> novel that doesn't exist. But I don't know. I think it would lose something. I think that, you know, there's definitely like, you know, the way that like any good movie, you know, it can be there's things you can only do in the medium. Right. You know, where there's certain like. Yeah, which, which I expected. And I yeah. haven't felt like after two books of it that like there's been anything like for, for me, like I'm flipping through it so quickly that I'm not like, like, I don't know, like scrutinizing each panel yeah. specifically. Because um, I'm kind of, you know, drawn to the story and want to know what's going to happen next. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm just kind of zipping through and reading the dialogue, more or less. And, mm, got it. You know, and I'm also because I don't, I mean, if I think, if it was like profoundly beautiful each panel, maybe I would actually yeah. look at it for a while. I mean, in the way that like, I feel like some Calvin Hobbes art, uh, panels, when he was actually like mimicking other styles and like was like really like going out of his way to make this like really sort of profound, beautiful, you know, art. I actually look at the, look at the, at the actual panels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in rea- most of the time, I just just you know reading the dialogue and zipping through, and so I, I feel like you know I don't, I don't know what it was like, what it was really getting me. So I think that might just be sort of a personal taste thing. So for me personally, I don't tend to read a lot of novels, and part of the reason is 
this is then this is a personal weird quirk. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with review per se, which is that you like my my way to experience stories is I kind of think of them spatially. So if I'm reading a novel and there's no visuals to accompany uh, to accompany it, like I have to spend time constructing a mental model of what the spatial situation is in the scene, which is it, it's more laborious for me to go through. But that, that's the way I have to kind of build the story in my head. That might just be kind of a personal quirk. And most people may not work that way. But the reason it's more fun or easier, like I guess it's more simple for me to read a graphic novel with something like this rather than a pure text novel is I don't have to read through paragraphs of them describing the kind of light and, you know, how something reflects off of somebody else and what they were wearing. And it allows me to sort of have, you know, like a a parallel thread in my head is processing the artwork. And I'm just, the written part is the actual dialogue. And for me, that's a much more enjoyable experience because rather than, you know, having to sort of parse apart, you know, uh, three pages worth of descriptive text about the color of the sky, I can just look at it and I say, okay, I understand what the mood is. I understand what the time of day is. Mm -hmm. I don't need to read all that. And then all the reading part is the things they're actually saying. So I think it's a personal taste thing, you know, and for me, I, I find that much a cleaner experience and I don't have to depend so much on the word choice of the writer, which I find is often not the word choice I would use. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I would say that so far, at least into book two, the artwork is not adding something, but it's actually changing for me. It's, it's simpler, you know, to read it. It's, it's makes it a more enjoyable process for me. Cause I'm not trying to say, well, I wouldn't choose that sentence structure there. I wouldn't choose that word structure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think in general too, like comics have this interesting, you know, format where they're, you know, spatial and visual, but there's also like this linear progression, like from one panel to the other. You should really, if you haven't already, you should probably read, uh, Scott McCloud's, uh, understanding it, yeah. comics. Yeah. Super, super cool. And, yeah, and I mean, why the last man I, itself does not do a lot of the really cool experimental things that comics can do, but in general, the medium can do some really cool things. Yeah. No, I, I've read it, but yeah. I feel like here, I don't know. I, 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 I said this, this series in particular doesn't, doesn't take advantage of it. No, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, Why the Last Man in particular does not. But other series, I think, do do some really cool things with like the ability to sort of make choices about where the panels go and how big they are, and how much detail they do to like convey yeah. something. And I mean, this I mean, the only series one do it a lot. Yeah, I mean, they, they do a, a tiniest, but the only place I noticed that was in the first book when they want to kind of show, like the moment where everyone, all the men are dying. Mm. They, have, they have all these sort of like parallel panels showing like five different locations mm-hmm. where each of them you know are dying sort of simultaneously, and they kind of tell this you know parallel story. But that, 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 I, I was. I I was sort of it like that was the moment like oh this could be useful and then that was the last thing that i encountered <laughs> which is the very beginning of the first book that's done anything of that nature and yeah. then you know and i felt like it you know it was and also maybe that i was like I, i'm just reading digitally so like i have to like pan around on my like you know on my touchscreen device you know to mm-hmm. read all these things and maybe it would be less feel like an encumbrance if i actually had the physical book and so it was you know the more original medium uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we mentioned but the so they are sort of working on a movie so, you know, that, that's something that we may see in the future. There's been scripts and there's a yeah. director and that kind of thing. So that is kind of interesting because the comic book, Stan Lee has actually said this, which is that a comic book kind of serves as a storyboard mm-hmm. format and it's, it's kind of makes it easier to turn it into a movie. So you could kind of get a sense of maybe what the movie would look like. And not to keep leading on 300, but 300 is almost a shot for shot right. remake well, of the thing. comic. I think Sin City is almost kind of like that too, where yeah. basically the movie is just the comic. Right. Like you can match up panels to the scenes yeah, people, of the movie. Yeah. People have said that about Watchmen too, like almost to a ridiculous degree. Oh, like really? every, every frame in the movie is directly from. Although, to go back to another one that we seem to lean on a little bit, uh, Scott Pilgrim even actually shows panels from the comic book nice. in the movie. That's awesome. And they line up like, side <laughs> to side. Like here's the thing, action happening. Yeah. And here's the panel version of it, you know, like yeah. in a few places, which is. Uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm going to keep reading. I mean, I think I would 
selectively recommend it. I mean, it, I think it would depend somebody on, on somewhat on personal tastes. I hope at some point I'm going to kind of, I mean, right now I'm reading because I'm interested in the story and I'm not as interested in the characters. I'm interested, it'll, you know, well, what does this all mean? How's it pan out? The one really cool thing about the, I guess the core of the story is, well, what would actually happen if every man on earth died? I mean, mm-hmm. what would that look like? And they yeah. really spend a lot of time exploring that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think yeah. they actually do a good job of that. I think they do a better job with that than, I mean, there's some things that feel, this may not be the fault of Why the Last Man, it's maybe because it's 10 years old, that feel a little bit like the standard post-apocalyptic tropes. Mm. Uh, you know, a like, little both, probably. You know, I mean, like things that happen in, like, you know, Walking Dead or Bachelor Galactica or, you know, any of these things that kind of are set in this world. Like, you know, there's always, uh, maybe we can go to them more when we go to the spoiler section. Um, but there's these these kinds of things that are like, oh, yeah, you have to go through this little, you know, this you have to do this version of the story, which is going to happen. And it makes sort of sense to happen. It's really compelling. But it's like, yeah, but this is the third time I've seen this exact sequence of events. And I know I know what's going to happen here, you know. And that's probably, it may not have been the case that 10 years ago when it was written. But, you know, it was, it, it may be one of these things like, like we've talked about at length, you know, like Agatha Christie novels that, like, were so brilliant at the time that and everyone has since copied and now feels very cliche. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that, like, like Scott said, that, you know, it it begins to kind of become more like we can I become sort of more in, involved with the characters and, and, and we have to rely less on the plot, plot devices, which sometimes feel a bit cliche. Yeah. I mean, I think specifically the thing is I, I, I would like to find a person in the, in the story that is likable. I mean, it seems like they're so far, all the characters are kind of acting out of their own interests to some degree. And I'm hoping there's going to be a, a tonal shift at some point. I think that's the, the core of why I can't relate to any of the characters, because they're all just sort of, you know, well, how does this help me? You know, that's, but maybe that's part of the post-apocalyptic thing. I think you may find that changes as it goes on. And like I said, I haven't read it in a long time, but I, th- I think that that shift starts to happen later in the series is that they start to sort of become a unit as mm-hmm. a group, you know, mm-hmm. and they start to look out for each other a little bit more. So okay. I think you'll get some of that. Yeah. By the way, I also was highly entertained that the main character, whose name is Yorick, so he, he was the last man to survive in this world, is the first character to die in Hamlet, <laughs> which he is named after. So I was, I'm, I'm sure that was intentional, but I'm I was sure entertained it by it. <laughs> I do think it's hilarious that the, the woman doctor is, of course, called Dr. Man, which right. is the most... I mean, there's an explanation as to why that is, but, you know, it's just so... It's, it's kind of that sense of humor is pervasive and at the, the story. They lampshaded a little bit in the series, right? Don't they, like, explicitly call out, like, really? Like, Dr. Right, Man, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> even, even, and then even, like, you know, like, they, 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 they get great mileage out of all of these things. Like, yeah. there's one scene where, you know, someone's like, alas, poor Yorick. Yeah. Like, it's like, really? <laughs> this is going to happen. Yeah. No, the character <laughs> says that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, they totally, like, you know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. It's not like in, I mean, some, like, some, movie, some like, books don't do that. It's a little, it's a little bit awkward. Like, one of the ones that... Um, sort of, you know, bothered me that it didn't ever call out some of these weird character names is Snow Crash, which also mm. has a, a character named Hero. You know, named Hero Protagonist. And another character named Yours Truly. Oh. And they never say anything about the whole time through, like, really, Hero Protagonist? Like, you, didn't, you couldn't, like, <laughs> like, some joke about your ridiculous name? Like, is this normal in this world? Like, well, everyone cool. else has normal names. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hero is a Japanese name. You know, it's not... The it's Protagonist not, is protagonist. not... Protagonist is... <laughs> that, that's Russian, right? <laughs> or, yours Truly? What, 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 uh, you know, what ethnicity yeah, is that one? Uh, <laughs> let's just assume that's, like, a, a handle, not necessarily a given name. That's the only explanation that makes sense to me. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like we've uh, come to the end of the things we want to talk about before we talk about spoilers. Uh, so I guess before we go to the break, just like to remind everyone that uh, you can visit our website at lowearthorbit.fm. 
while you're there, you can find our email address, which is feedback at lowearthorbit.fm, and you'll find a link to our page on iTunes where you can leave us a review, which really helps us out. So uh, thanks for listening, and we're going to go to spoilers here in a second. Okay, now we're going to talk about spoilers. So um, if you haven't read at least a few issues into the series, now it's probably a good time for you to stop listening and go pick up the first few trade paperbacks. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll be here. <laughs> okay, so spoilers. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys think about some of the more particular details. Uh, let's see. So I I think the thing that it's most persistent and the thing Steve kind of hinted at is that there's a number of cases where like it's very difficult to understand the motivations of York for like starting shit. Like when it's yeah. totally unnecessary. Yeah, so there's actually, like biker chicks with like guns, and he also like, like challenges them. Like really? Well, he he said he wanted the motorcycles, which I know after the fact, yeah. I think he was like, oh, here's my, you know, like I mean, it felt very much like so. It feels like it's a death wish, basically, right? Yeah, constantly, or like you know, there's all like all of like Victoria's gang is outside his house, and they're they're, they're there to kill him. What does he do? He walks out and just challenge, you know, uh, you know, like offers himself to be killed, and in fact, actually like. You know, tells her to pull the trigger. He even gets tired. Of her. She goes, she goes through this like long, like you know, supervillain style soliloquy. You know that she, you know about like why he should die. He's like, shut up and shoot me. You know, yeah. like well, and it just it's it's not so much. I mean, I'd be okay with that. He's like a hothead kind of person, whatever. But it seems inconsistent with him the rest of the time. It doesn't feel like the same character. Yeah, he's like this like kind of scary Laid guy. Back. Yeah, he's like I never even leave my apartment. Yeah, and then suddenly he's like super bravado yeah. guy. Yeah, it I didn't felt get very that. hard to understand. So, without revealing too much of the stuff, but this is a part of the comic where they directly address the issue where it seems like York is a death wish. So, okay. they definitely address this in the comic okay. and basically call out that, like, he makes a lot of really dumb choices. Okay, well, so I'm looking forward they to that. Tot- they totally come. I, that's I wonder in if that book came because four. they got, like, a lot of feedback. Like, really? <laughs> they very well may have. But I, when you, when you, as soon as you guys said that, I'm like, wait a minute, I remember somewhere further in the series that he basically gets called out, you know, about his craziness. And they, and they do. So, there's a, there's a part of the series where they basically tell him. Okay. You have a death wish. I'll check that out. Let's talk about that. But, uh, but even, even for events, sequences like where he seems like he actually is on board with the plan, like, or we're going to get to California so we can go to the lab and stuff. Mm-hmm. He just like, you know, like, you know, on the on the train, he like charges those women, you know, they don't, yeah. even, they don't even have guns. Like, they have a gun. They can just shoot those women and be rid of them. And he like charges <laughs> at them. Like, he tells them not to, you know, and then derails their entire plan. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's really hard. I mean, it totally is necessary to get onto the, the whole plot point with the, the town. Mm-hmm. But like it felt like that was the entire reason for him to do that. Like, no, yeah. why would he ever do that? They have they have the, they have guns. The the bad guys have knives. The bad guys don't have a chance. <laughs> he literally brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the only way for this to go bad is for him to be stupid and attack them physically, which he does. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Ben's. I'll talk about some of like the the tropes that I feel like. Oh it, yeah, yeah. That feel like the apocalypse tropes. Yeah, oh, they, right, that feel remember. really like tired now. But maybe they're the original. They know the two that two so far that jumped out the most for me mm-hmm. was. They get to the the lab that's working on you know the potential to work on the cure, mm-hmm. and they're there for like five minutes, and then they leave, and it's bl- expl- explodes and blows up. Yeah, you know, like really it happens in everyone. Like you know, the, the CDC, exactly the CDC in will, Dead. will blow up. <laughs> it, it, it always happens. Happened this way. in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie. Uh, really. <laughs> Wow! I call that out, right? Somebody's gonna nice. Be no, that's awesome. I actually have not seen it long enough that I remember that. Uh, part, I've never but, seen it. Uh, cult classic. But uh, another one that's also feels like cliche is they arrive at the, like it's apocalypse. Mm-hmm. They arrive at a town that's somehow perfectly functioning. The power's on. People are normal. Mm. Everything is perfect. But there's a sinister, dark secret underlying it all. <laughs> also, Walking Dead does this also. Yes. Also done other in other you know, in other you know stories as well. Like I'm just like. I mean, it feels so tired now, but yeah. maybe they all Ten read Why ago. the Last Man and were inspired to do it. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. So, so yeah. the one, so the one thing that it was a little, and I'm, I'm, I might be wrong about this, but 
the Amazon or what is it, Daughters of Amazon? Yeah, yeah. It seems they're they're so over the top that I kind of can't consider them real people. Yeah, like, I mean, I just think like the self mutilation part is like a little bit hard to buy because would they really like? self-mutilate to the point that it's it just yeah. I, I don't buy that you know yeah. and maybe that's the point is that they've been like brainwashed and they're starved and they're not acting normally but it's like i think i would have bought it without that element you know yeah. they're, they're just sort of crazy and notably i think the leader is not mutilated yes right yeah so, so I, I just that that just felt like the most kind of that, w- that was the only case where it felt so generic that i couldn't really buy that they existed yeah. you know and it was the fact that his his sister is yeah, yeah. One of them, it's like, yeah, uh, I must also sort of think like a mile, mile away, like, oh, he's choosing to be part of them. Like, sure enough, she was. I'm like, yeah. oh. I mean, I was actually like, when he actually, I thought for a moment that he actually had shot her. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe they're doing original. I'm actually going to kill her off and be done with this little thread. <laughs> of course, it didn't happen. I was yeah. like, you know, he's gonna, eventually she's going to come around, you know. I don't know, actually, I haven't gotten that far enough, but she's probably going to come around and, you know, maybe like realize it was all a mistake or whatever. But like, I was, uh, I, yeah, the fact that she was like, you know, she was she had actually joined the sisters. You know, it's like oh, a little predictable. Yeah, um, but yeah, so they could have just been a like. I think it makes sense that those type of characters would be there because mm-hmm. you would expect something like that to happen. I just wish it was just a little more subtle, not quite so over the top, like crazy, yeah, absolute flat out crazy people. Yeah. Um, but the thing I want to say is that I, and I might be alone in this. You've read it, but I don't know if Steve feels this way right now. But as of right now, I have sort of guesses as to what the sort of cause of the apocalypse is. But I like the fact that I don't know exactly what happened. I mean, there's there's one really strong hint about what happened, but it doesn't seem the thing. I'm I'm not sure. So it's the the amulet thing, and you kind of get the sense that well, mm. there's there's some sort of non scientific element, you know, in there, and, and that because they're, they're all, so far the characters are looking at it purely from a scientific perspective. But you kind of get the feeling there's like an Indiana Jones MacGuffin kind of yeah. part of it, which I'm interested in. Which you know, I I like that that it's a little bit different than the rest of the story, um, and I think that's part of the thing that's con- motivates me to keep reading it because i kind of want to find more out more about that particularly the space station stuff um so yeah i mean i that that's i think the contrast there is that i like that stuff but i don't feel like it's the same level of excitement that i want from the characters as opposed to the story so and maybe that'll change you know maybe that's that's something that changes but yeah but you wanted to talk about the space station well, thing. I, I mentioned i don't talk about it because it was like it felt like the most lost like moment like like basically <laughs> like lot lot one of the brilliant things about lost but the, the, and which why doesn't exactly follow this, but it, it does in this particular instance, which is that they start out with this very sort of narrow focus, just people on the island, mm-hmm. and then you know, they would just be there, and then they would just like particularly, particularly in the finale, they would pull back a little bit, and you would see something like someone searching for them outside mm-hmm. the island or yeah. something like that, you know, and which then, are always so good. You're like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah, yeah like awesome. all these brilliant, you know, I won't say any more than that, but like you know, like in case anyone hasn't watched Lost yet, I've but, only seen season one, um, but basically there's like there's these, all these brilliant reveals, and the story gets increasingly broader with more. More, and more characters, you know, beyond just the initial core group on that you meet in the in the original pilot episode, and it is, it's brilliant in that regard. And this felt like that, like oh, like suddenly there's a whole other element with space station, and there are other men on the space station. You know, right. like, oh, I love it. You know, I can't wait to like what's to happen when they when they return to Earth. You know, like it's it's fantastic. So that's why I'll read read episode three or, or book three, despite the fact that like the story that was actually happening like on the you know in the like town, like I was waiting for it to be over. You know, so like the yeah. book, it's a book. Book two felt like a drug more for more for me than book one did, mm-hmm. but it was redeemed by the finale. So I'll read the next one. I guess. By the way, I can't I can't help but note the incredible. There's, <laughs> it's so unlikely, but the incredible conceptual overlap. Last episode we reviewed Gravity, and this episode we're reviewing a comic book in a different genre, a decade apart, and there's an incredible overlap, particularly because 
I've, I've read a little bit further than Steve, so I've, I've gotten further into book three. And it, it's to the point of being ridiculous. I can't believe there, <laughs> it's this, actually right on the nose. I know it's yeah. it's really crazy, um, which is sort of makes it more fun. I mean, not for some, not in a way that I think you'd necessarily be able to recommend based on that, but for us, it's kind of more fun. <laughs> so there's even more improbable physics yeah. happening in the next. Well, no, no, no. Uh, well, no. not so much improbable physics, but that it, there's overlap. The, the coincidence story. of having these two episodes yeah. right next to each other is it's pretty insane. Pretty this is a show called Low Earth Orbit. After all, <laughs> <laughs> we do attract. That's true. That's true. Uh, they even fly the same space module. I know. I was going mean, to say that, but. Yeah. Yeah. They even fly yeah. the Soyuz. Well, I mean, was, it makes sense, though, right? I mean, yeah. the special module connected to the, you'll, the you'll see. is the Soyuz. Yeah. Yeah. There aren't any other ones. They, they didn't get down. <laughs> they have to take the Soyuz. <laughs> uh, so I, I, can, I have no... If that's what's going to happen, which, I mean, you said it is. Now yeah. I know that it's going to happen. Like, I have no problem with that whatsoever because <laughs> that is literally the, the, the you know, what the, the access is designed to talk with. Yeah. yeah. I never heard that word until three days ago. Or at least I don't remember hearing the word. It probably was... Mixed in with other like space <laughs> paraphernalia, yeah. and now it was like you know we watched an hour and a half where it was like about that, and then I encounter it in this random book from you know ten years ago. That was a little weird to me, but uh, well, I wish not, right? our next episode will somehow have you know, <laughs> yeah. access connection as well, and there'll be something Soyuz related there. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It could be. All right, we exhausted our spoilerish uh, topics. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, so. I'm looking forward to see what else we can do. I mean, maybe we can revisit this later when we're further our first, into it. Our first further ever follow-up episode. Because yeah. <laughs> we're 20% in. Entirely about follow-up. Yeah, so. I don't know, we'll see. All right, great. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Okay. Okay, great. <clears throat> All right, so we'll just give it a shot. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, and this is episode 14. I'm Justin Voss. I'm Steve Marvin. Do, do, I'm yeah, sure it's going to no, pick I'm up in, the, the mean, chair. Yeah, okay. let, me, let me fix my chair first yeah. before. Okay. Otherwise, I was like way out here in the boondocks. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> Hike! Okay. Welcome to Low <laughs> Sorry, I was, yeah. All right. I mean, like the goose version of uh, Low Earth Orbit. <laughs> lots of material from today. There's going to be lots of bloopers. Okay. <clears throat> Serious phase. Okay, test, test. Check, check. Okay, we're okay. good. So now we're going to say the, and now we're going to do spoilers. <clears throat> oh, actually, before that, just so we don't forget, do the, this time. Okay. This time on Low Earth Orbit. It came out funny. This time on Low Earth Orbit, we talk about why the last man. Do one more take just for like completeness. Why? Why? <laughs> why the last man? <laughs> why? <laughs> on this episode of Low Earth Orbit, we talk about the comic series Why the Last Man. All right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, right. All right. We'll do that. Orbit. Orbit. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, um, you know, there's, there's some interesting moments like that. There, um, I don't have to edit that because I totally lost my, my train of thought. Um, somebody else say something because I had oh. something. I had something important <laughs> to say, but I I totally got halfway. Oh. To... It definitely tastes like coffee. Does it have coffee in it? Yes. Okay. okay.